we are not successful in a medical virtual assistant, will not be successful in a medical practice without there being a partnership. From Spa Dameron Tenney, it's the Prosperous Doc Podcast. Real stories, real inspiration, real growth. A show for doctors who are ready to improve their overall wellness in every aspect of life. Now here's your host, Shane Tenney. Welcome back to the Prosperous Doc Podcast. My name is Shane Tenney and glad to have you with us. Uh, whether you're working out or driving or doing chores around the house, I'm glad to spend a couple minutes with you today for our conversation that I think you're going to find really interesting. You know, with recent news that seems to be coming at us uh, nearly daily about the all-time low unemployment rate, uh, it is confirming what most of you already know, and that is that it is hard to find people to work in your practice. Uh, there is so much to do and increasingly so few people to do what needs to be done. And so one of the solutions that is beginning to present itself to give some much needed relief and support to the team at your practice is the concept of medical virtual assistance. Uh, not to take someone's job, but to help support the busy people that are already a key part of your office. So my guest today founded a company, uh, Reva Global, that's R-E-V-A Global, to help match practices and the, the need for extra support with highly qualified medical assistants who work virtually to help offload some of that non-direct care work. Uh, she started this business before the onset of the COVID pandemic, uh, when the acceptance of virtual work and the adoption of hybrid work wasn't as common. And now that virtual work is much more commonplace, business is exploding. I'm thrilled to welcome Beth Lachance to the Prosperous Doc Podcast today to talk about this world of medical virtual assistance. Beth, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Shane. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, uh, let's dive right in. This is probably a new concept to at least some of the folks that are listening today. So why don't we start with what is a medical virtual assistant? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Yeah, so this is definitely very new to the medical world, but not new in other industries. Virtual assistants have been utilized in so many different industries for years and years but new to the medical world. So yeah, so a medical virtual assistant is a medical virtual professional that can do any host, any number of tasks from front desk triage, handling new patient intakes and taking down all the, the patient demographics, including insurance and medical history, to doing insurance verifications, prior authorizations, billing in the background, fax review, data entry into the EMR, you name it. Almost every single department that, you know, within the medical practice can be, you can utilize a medical virtual assistant or medical virtual professional in your practice. To your point, virtual assistants aren't new in the world of business. They're right. new-ish in the world of medicine and dentistry and things like that. How did you become one of the, the leaders uh, at, the, at the front of the, the evolution here in, in medicine? I knew that there was a great opportunity within the space of medicine because I paid very close attention. I was in medical practices for, you know, for two decades. And so I knew what was happening, you know, from the front desk to the back office and where a medical professional, a virtual professional could ultimately help out. And so with that, I was like, okay, you know what, We're, I'm going to go for this and go ahead and start creating what would be the back end of what the training would look like, how, who we would recruit, 
how would we place them with new clients and what that would look like? So that's how I got started. And it was all previous to COVID, which was great because it gave me the time to really create the infrastructure needed for expansion and growth um, in a fast way. And when COVID happened, wow, did the world quickly realize in the medical world, they quickly realized that, wow, not only is this possible, but this could be amazing and a, and a great long-term solution to staffing needs in medical practices. So with that, wow, like my business just expand, expand and exploded overnight. Um, and my conversations with you know, medical practitioners, whether they're owners of the practice or, or office managers, my conversations previous to COVID about what we offered was hard sale. Like I really had to work really hard at those sales calls, right? It was tough conversations. Post, you know, during COVID and the post COVID, entirely different conversations. I'm not having to hard sell. People really know that this is something that's possible and can really work. And the conversation is more or less like a strategy session on how to get somebody into their practice, how many virtual assistants would they need in which departments and how quickly can we make an impact? And so that's a very different conversation. So talk about that a little bit for, for someone who's used to working in their office, you've got front desk people, medical assistants, traditional medical assistants, nurses, right. that sort of thing. Yeah. What's the workflow like? How do you how do you incorporate a, a medical virtual professional or assistant into the workflow and, and into the culture of a practice? Yeah, great question. And so there's a lot of negativity around the thought, the thought process of outsourcing. I don't consider us to be an outsourced company. That's that's not what we specialize in. We specialize in insourcing. Like we're bringing people into your practice. We are an extension of your practice. So how do we make that work? Well, the great thing is that you already have your processes. The physicians and the practices already have their process flows and how everything works. We're really just an additional support structure that supports the people that are already in, in those seats in the practice. So we help build those out with each practice because everything's a little bit different. Not everybody's practice looks the same and everybody likes to kind of have their, have things look a certain way in each department. So we actually help build out those process flows. We help make it so that it's efficient, make sure that there's accountability, right? So that when something gets assigned to a medical virtual assistant from Reva, that ultimately the job not only gets done, but gets done efficiently, it gets done quickly, and it gets right back to where it needs to be, whether it's back into the EMR or back into the hands of that in-person in-person staff member. So we're part of building out and helping out to build out some of those processes. But in most cases, the practice already kind of knows this is how we think we can delegate it. And then we support them. And then we try to add whatever we can, you know, based on why reinvent the wheel. We know what works. And so we can add and add in our expertise on making sure that that the process flow works and works well. So there is a lot of collaboration between your team and a practice. I think it's important to differentiate. It's not like you're just a recruiting firm where I'm going to give you the resume and say, can you help me find somebody to do this and place? It's here's the way our practice runs. Here's how we typically take in patient data, or here's where that typically fits in our workflow. But our staff is up to their eyeballs and work. I got one person who's also doing whatever, chart reviews or billing or this sort of thing and this, and how can you help me think through the workflow to leverage some virtual professionals? Right. And you just touched on a, a couple of different things. And, and I'll, I want to touch upon the, the, one of the first things that you brought up that's really important. It truly is a partnership. 
we are not successful in a medical virtual assistant will not be successful in a medical practice without there being a partnership, right? So there needs to be a lot of collaboration and working back and forth that never ends. That doesn't stop. Even though we may have somebody that's fully up and functioning and doing their role, we are part of our job here at Revo Global Medical is to then maintain that relationship, make sure that things are getting done. You know, like anyone, it's no different. We're a staffing, we're a staffing company. And what we specialize in is, of course, recruiting, training, and then putting the right great candidates in the roles, right? That's the job of us. But then we're also responsible for them managing the day-to-day of those VAs and making sure that their productivity at, you know, three months in will look exactly the same a year and a half in, right? And so that's part of our management. So I want to make sure that we touch upon that because it's so important. The success of a medical virtual assistant in your practice isn't, oh, here, here's the work, good luck, go get it done. Ultimately, that doesn't work out. You definitely need a cohesive, nice working relationship together with either a a point of contact in the practice, whether it's typically it's not the physician or any of the physicians in the practice. Typically, it's the office manager or a department head from different departments that they're working in. So that's key to number one, right, is that collaboration, that close relationship to making this successful. Another key component of, you know, what, what you brought up is, well, look, we're not just handing you a medical virtual assistant. It comes with a full management side. Our client service manager is a key component to our success in making sure that the VA is successful in or VAs are successful in your practice. So that's another really big piece of what we do. It's managing the day to the day of the VA. That's on us. That's part of our management structure. That's what we do to make sure that they're showing up every day on time, that if there's any issues, we're handling it through our HR team. We're making sure that the productivity is there. So we're working closely with your team um, within the medical practice to make sure that we have KPIs that we all agree to and that we think are a great number, right, to, to reach so that we make sure that the productivity levels are where you expect them to be and where we expect them to be. And then it's our job to manage that and make sure that the VAs are hitting those numbers, those numbers are hitting those KPIs that are set. So that's all part of making it a really great, successful relationship that ultimately can support the staff um, within within the practice. And then the third key component that you also touched upon is in order for it also to really, really work, again, we are an extension of the practice, including the VAs in on that Monday morning staff meeting or on your weekly you know, luncheon, right? Obviously, they can't come in for lunch, but you can set them up on a small computer screen and they can be put and they can also eat lunch at their desk, you know, and then and all be part of it. So making sure that they're incorporated as as staff members and really feeling like they're part of the team, that is really what makes it work really well as well. When you have someone who is who is placed or assigned to or matched up with a practice, to your point about almost insourcing versus outsourcing, is it generally a one-to-one connection, meaning um, an MVA, a medical virtual assistant, is usually working for just one practice. It's not like we're doing a couple hours here and a couple hours here and kind of temp work. It's Correct. the expectation on everybody's part is we're providing a full-time resource to become part of this this team. Absolutely. And and that's a part a huge part of the success as well is that that is it's a designated medical virtual assistant just for your practice. They're not working for your practice and also picking up the phones for another practice at the same time. They're not being, you know, pulled in different directions. They solely work for your practice and your practice alone. 
So that is a really, a, a really nice component of what our services provide as well. There are a lot of other companies out there that will provide you with a part-time person or eight hours a week person, but then keep in mind, then they're stretched and they're, they're also working for other practices. And so you never really know, okay, well, where does that job end? And then the hours that they're working for my practice begin, and that can get a little, those lines can get blurred. We don't have that. Our medical virtual assistants are designated to you and your practice and no one else. So they they really get to know your team and your team well. And we expect that your team would get to know the VAs as you know just as well and be part of the team. Now we keep using the acronym medical virtual assistant. Are you also seeing adoption and success in, in dentistry as well? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Actually, one of our very first clients was a, was a dental practice. So interestingly enough, that was, you know, one of the things that once we launched Reva Global Medical, it was a real estate client initially. And he was also, he was a, a he owned his own dental practice and then a very large flourishing dental practice, but did real estate on the side. And, um, and he hired a, a virtual assistant initially to help him on the real estate side of his business. And as he was steering away from not doing as much uh, real estate, he pulled her into his dental practice. And then we started learning a little bit more about wow, this is also really, you know, such great ways to be able to utilize a virtual assistant. However, with that, I also very quickly learned, though, we can't do it the same way we did on the other side of our business. There's HIPAA. We need to make sure they're HIPAA certified. They need to have a background in, in medicine, whether they graduate four-year degree with a nursing degree, or they came from an insurance company and they already learn, they already know and truly understand how insurance works here in the United States. So we need to recruit and train the right way. So that's how we had our very first client. It was actually a dental practice. And then we pulled him into the medical side. We put the VA through HIPAA training. So we're like, okay, this is a risk. We've got to make sure that the VA is HIPAA certified. And then we went running from there. Yeah, excellent. And you mentioned a couple of minutes ago just how COVID created a big just cultural shift across the country, across the society and, and with adoption here. It seems to me, given um, the way that you've been able to find success for virtual assistants, that there not only needs to be the receptivity on the part of leadership or the practice owner or, or those in, in a position of responsibility and authority, but also a, a acceptance amongst peers and, and the, the people who are sharing work or interacting or passing the baton, uh, passing the ball along. Yeah, that that is a huge component to making sure that it gets off to on a great start, but then continues. You really need the full buy-in from everyone in your staff. And it's interesting because some we've had some clients that they were very excited about it, couldn't wait to get started, but the staff wasn't so happy. And so if the staff isn't happy and they don't fully understand and don't have full buy-in as to why you're moving in this direction, you need to. You need to get them on board or else it's not successful. And you certainly don't want to end up in that in power struggle in the practice where then you have to force someone to, to get on board, right? We don't, no one wants that because then ultimately the, the staff morale, you know, sinks very quickly, but it's such a simple conversation that you can have. And that's why that there's that outsourcing ugliness, right? Because immediately everyone starts like, oh, well, they're now they're, they're hiring a company that we're going to outsource some of our tasks, some of the things that we do here in the medical practice. And before you know it, my job is gone. No, we have not had, I have only in all of the medical practices that have come to us and started with us, we've only had one. We have just under 500 full-time virtual assistants working in the medical space. We've only had one practice that ultimately brought in a medical virtual assistant to replace someone who was leaving anyways. 
We have not been brought in to replace existing staff. That is not the goal. That is not our goal. That's not what we look to do, but that's certainly not when practices reach out to us. That's not what they're looking for. In most cases, we are an enhancement to the practice and to the medical staff that's already there in place because they're overwhelmed. And they need to figure out a way of trying to get some of the some of the heavy lifting off of their plates so that they can be more present with the patients that are there in the practice. It's amazing how so many things have changed over the last decade or two. And the speed of business and the speed of life and the speed of technology are are just getting faster and faster. And now we're talking about something here in 2023 that even 10 years ago was almost unimaginable. Uh, without question. And just even, you know, just even five years ago, this was not heavily disclosed or talked about in the medical space at all. I mean, most of the new, most of the practices that I, that I tried to launch this with, that I got going with, I mean, they'd never even heard of it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we've come a long, long, long way just in the last couple of years. And, and of course, I mean, it was due to the pandemic, which really kind of catapulted this business and the use of medical virtual assistance just so far forward. Yeah, amazing. I've got a, a number of more questions that are coming to my mind, and I'll bring them to you right after we get back from this quick break. Great. If you've been in practice for a few years, I'd like to ask you a question. Have you found that your income is near its peak potential, and yet you are still not sure where the money is going or what to do with the surplus? Do you have cash piling up in your checking account? because you don't have the time to figure out where else to direct it? Are finances a source of confusion or even conflict in your marriage? Take control of your finances by downloading the free budgeting guide for mid-career docs. The Prosperous Doc Podcast is underwritten by the financial planning firm of Spa Dameron Tenney. And you can download this free budgeting guide for mid-career docs at sdtplanning.com and click on financial resources. Don't let another month of money confusion go by when you have access to free help. Again, the website is sdtplanning.com. Click on financial resources to download the free budgeting guide for mid-career docs. All right, so I'm talking with Beth Lachance from Riva global about medical virtual assistance. And before the break, Beth, we were just talking about how uh, this has become so much more accepted and culturally appropriate. I think one of the things that you were just saying is that in 99 out of 100 times, the medical virtual assistant has been additive to the practice. We're not replacing people. We're not outsourcing jobs. We're we're creating capacity to do uh, more and better work. So a couple of questions on that. Uh, sure. In our conversations, we've kind of interchanged medical virtual assistant and medical virtual professional. Are those the same thing or are those different things? Well, they're the same thing, but they have a totally different, when you say those words, when someone hears those words, they have a totally different level of response. A medical virtual assistant versus a medical virtual professional, when you hear that medical virtual professional, you immediately think it's an elevated position, right? That, oh, they're professional. They can handle more difficult tasks. They can handle more, right? And a virtual assistant maybe can't handle as high level tasks. That is absolutely untrue. You know, in this case, every person that works here at Riva Global Medical, they all have a bachelor's degree. 
So with a bachelor's degree, either in nursing or a bachelor's degree in something, whether it's health sciences, they came from having a professional background in terms of their level of expertise is there, their level of education is there. So that's an important piece. So I like to use medical virtual professional because virtual assistant and VA kind of has a negative connotation out there. They think, oh, someone lower level, I can just have them do some of the minor, you know, smaller tasks that need to get done. No, these are medical professionals that really can help and execute on many different levels of tasks within the medical practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're we're wanting to use the right words so that we differentiate between somebody who can just help order lunch for the staff versus somebody who can actually help with our EMR. Yes, you you nailed it. Exactly. All right, then for the rest of the conversation, I'll start using the phrase MVP. And then we'll make sure that we're talking about professionals and all of you listening will know we're talking medical virtual professionals, which is really the same thing as a medical virtual assistant. So uh, clearly I opened our show here with just acknowledging how unemployment is, is such a challenge for so many businesses across the country and so many uh, medical and dental practices. How are you finding people for, for a practice in Hartford or in Boston or uh, somewhere in the Northeast and they can't find the right people to to join, what's your secret recipe? Right, thank you. Well, our secret recipe is number one, we're entirely in the Philippines. So our all, all of our staff, all of our MVPs, all of our, um, our management teams, we're entirely Philippine-based. And the wonderful thing about working within that country and that culture is they're hungry to work, their English is fantastic, and they have an education level, which is which is absolutely necessary and needed to be able to do the level of tasks that we're expecting them to do. And we, we're not having those staffing issues in the Philippines. They're readily found. We're able to recruit and bring in great people. We pay competitively. We give great benefits. And so with that, we're able to recruit, but then also retain really great talent that then we can ultimately place in the medical practices. Excellent. Okay. So the reason you're able to find somebody that the practice in Hartford isn't is because they're not looking at the Philippines. Correct. Absolutely. All right. Now, let me ask the next question that I know pops in people's minds when you talk about bringing in virtual help from Eastern Europe or the Philippines or Southeast Asia. And that is, what about English? What about understandability? What about accent? Let's just ask the question. Yeah, thank you so much for asking that. And and it's so funny because some people tiptoe around that question because they're so afraid to ask and then others go, go right at it. This is our specialty. This is what we do. So we only recruit and bring in people that have their, their English proficiency is excellent and they have a limited accent. Now, Anyone can say that, but what I can tell you is that we can send you recording after recording of active VAs that have been placed with clients that, so you'd be able to hear what we sound like, hear who we recruit, hear what they, you know, what their English sounds like. We have mental health um, practices in Louisville, Kentucky. We have uh, primary care physician practices in the, in down south, out west, against out on the west coast, also Middle America, and we have not had one complaint, not one complaint on how our medical virtual assistants sound on the phone, the the ability for the elderly to be able to understand our medical virtual assistants. It's just it's not an issue. So that means that we are recruiting and we are recruiting the right people and our level of what we're expecting to bring in is there. And then from there, of course, we're able to place them anywhere in the country and they would be successful. So that that's the key component. Now, 
for example, this morning, I just got a phone call from some other, it was a, a vendor that I, that I use, it has nothing to do with medical, a personal vendor that I use. And the gentleman was trying to set up my appointment and I could not understand him. I couldn't do it. And, and I own a staffing company in the Philippines. So my immediate response was, can you give me another agent? Because I, I can't understand you. That does not happen with our medical virtual assistants that are utilizing, they're on the phones with your patients or on the phones, um, you know, handling your insurance benefits. So um, we're doing the right thing. We've got the right people and we're able to place them wherever you are in the country. Well, this is excellent. And I'm glad we got into this level of detail because now it helps me understand why the name of the business is Reva Global, even though we're working with medical and dental practices in the US. Uh, it is because in some ways by partnering with you, they de facto become a global a business. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about, you just mentioned uh, uh, practices in Louisville and in the South and out West. What type of medical dental practice is, is a good fit? Who do you find your, yourself generally partnering with? Sure. It doesn't matter what type of dental practice. It doesn't matter what type of specialty. A good fit is a practice that comes to us that knows what their pain points are, knows where they're, where the need is, but then also knows that they can support virtual staff. It is not successful. We are we do not work well with a practice. It's like, okay, yes, we need your services. We set them up with a VA and then they're unresponsive. A medical virtual professional needs to be able, and we need to be able to have that communication, right? And that was something we already touched upon, is that it is truly a partnership, and we have to consistently have that um, the communication open and available. And so that's where we don't fit. We fit well in any specialty or any medical practice, dental practice, where they know that, okay, this is going to be a great solution to whatever the issues may be within the practice, whichever pain point it is. And that they've got the full buy-in and a, a point of contact that's going to be really working closely with our team so that things go well and then they stay at that level and continue long-term. So I hear, if I hear what you're saying correctly, and correct me if I'm not, but part of supporting, part of a, a practice being the kind that can support a virtual professional is they have to have some level of acuity around technology themselves. There's got to be somebody who's looking at a screen, somebody who's available to respond to email or be on a Zoom or things like that. If we just say, oh, I was too busy because we were all walking around, well, then this is not going to be a fit. Right. And, and as a matter of fact, we did have a medical practice that we had gotten involved with early on, and they did not use interoffice email. They did not use any kind of, any kind of interoffice messaging of any kind, nothing. They did sticky notes and they would leave a sticky note on someone's desk when they needed something. That does not work when you're handling and you're utilizing medical virtual assistants. They're not, they're remote. They're not in the practice to stick a sticky note onto your desk. And most practices now with everything has gone digital, EMRs are now on computer screens. You're no longer handling paper charts, right? So there has to be some level of computer screen time a direct messaging system, whether it's through the EMR or it's a separate system or it's interoffice email. So as long as you've got some basic technology in your practice and people are responsive, you can be successful utilizing medical virtual professionals. I think you alluded at the top of the um, conversation here, but can you outline what are the top types of positions that you find yourself staffing? Yeah. So three main departments, three main things we're, we're being asked to do. And then there's a whole host of others. So I'll just touch upon the three main ones because these seems to be seem to be where most of the pain points are within medical practices that are coming to us. 
front desk. So helping being a virtual receptionist. So handling all inbound, outbound calls, patient cancel calls, trying to fill in, you know, fill in the schedule as there's any cancellations, calling back the, you know, the, the first call list, right. To patient cancellation calls, of course, then rebooking those, uh, uh, rescheduling those appointments more or less working and can work like a phone tree, if you will, but a live phone tree. Most patients are so used to now talking to someone live. Um, and that's kind of the direction a lot of medical practices have gone in. And so without having to be on hold, you can have a medical virtual assistant that can also pick up those calls to make sure that patients aren't waiting too long on hold. So that's that's one main pain point. And it can be done in a number of ways. So for example, there's medical practices that are like, well, we really want the first call to come in or the first few rings to come into the front desk the live front desk and the receptionist at our front desk, we want them to pick it up. If they're handling a live patient person that's standing in front of a live patient that's right in front of them, they're not going to pick up that call. That's when it rolls over to the virtual assistant. Or it could be more like like a call center setup. Whoever gets to the call first is who gets it, right? That's what happens. So if it rings at the front desk, it also rings simultaneously to the, the virtual assistant team. And whoever grabs that call first, it's first come first serve, right? So it can be set up any number of ways, depending on how the practice wants it to go. So that's front desk, that virtual receptionist um, position. Then there's insurance verifications, prior authorizations, anything that revolves around eligibility of insurance benefits and doing any of the prior authorizations. That's another department, heavy lifting. That has become probably the majority of the of what comes to our that comes to us as a company, and that is because that is left on the, the, the MAs and the practices that has left on your mid-level practitioners, sometimes front desk, reception desk area, they're doing it as well because there's so much to get done. It is a burden and it's really a $10 an hour task that shouldn't be left to your mid-level practitioners or even your medical assistants. They should be handling the, the patients, um, live patients walking in, white glove service, making sure that they're spending the time with the patients live. And then a medical virtual assistant in the background could be doing and running those benefits. But beyond that, the time it takes to sit on, on hold with all the different insurance companies it is just a time-consuming position um, that takes a tremendous amount of patience. But if you have you know, an active medical practice or dental practice and you're relying on your staff to do some of those tasks that work needs to be reallocated somewhere else because there are so many other things that they could be doing in the medical practice. Then the third thing that is really one of the other large, uh, huge department is accounts receivable and anything within the billing department. So following up on denied claims, um, doing claims, you know, doing collections, anything within billing um, is also a big heavy lift that we've also been asked to do um, that a lot of our clients are, are asking us to do. So it's so interesting because our growth and a lot of our growth has come from our existing client base. So we'll have a client that will come to us and medical practice will say, gosh, you know, our, our, our front desk, just we, we can't handle this. We can't physically put another human being here. There's not enough space. There's not enough you know, room at the front desk. So a medical virtual professional would be great for that role. Okay, super. So they initially start with just with that department, someone to help, help and handle the front desk. They see how well it works. And then they're, they're like, where else can we use VAs? Where else? Where else can we do this in the practice? And then before you know it, they're adding on medical virtual assistants for different departments. And that has really been a lot of our growth has been our existing client base and continuing to add more VAs into different departments. Fascinating. And it makes total sense when you uh, explain it and paint the picture. 
how are your contracts with uh, with practices kind of structured or set up? Sure. I mean, our contract is really quite simple. We, I don't lock anyone to a, lock anyone into a long contract. That's not how we work. We would love and we want to continue a long term relationship with our clients. But we don't lock them in like that. We lock them in with our staff. Our staff works so incredibly well within the practice that they're never going to want to leave us. And that's kind of the position we've been in with most of our clients. They don't ever want to leave. So, um, so basically, it looks like a month to month contract. It stays in place until you want to cancel. And 30 days before cancellation, from one to four VAs, anything you know where you want to cancel one to four VAs, just give us 30 days advance notice and we can go ahead and do the cancellation. But the contract is really straightforward. It goes through you know, how our benefits work for our VAs, what days are days off for the VAs, how we do our billing, how we're billing our client. All the way down to some, you know, we also have a BAA that we can have have signed as well. If you don't have your own, we have one that we can that we readily use. So our contract is pretty simple and straightforward. And if somebody is listening to this and our conversation and thinking, wow, 30 minutes ago, I didn't know what a medical virtual professional is. And now I want to have one. Um, <laughs> how do they learn more? Where do they go to connect with you? Uh, what's the best way to um, to connect? Yeah, the best way to connect would be go to go to our website, and that's www.rivaglobalmedical.com. There is a whole host of information there. There's client testimonials, there's VA testimonials, there's recordings of our VAs, our actual live VAs that are doing, um, you know, taking in phone calls, and so you can hear what we sound like. There's, you know, information about our team there, but then there's also a button you can push if you want to get a strat- have a strategy session or like a sales call with myself or someone in my team. And you can immediately press that button and set up uh, a time that works best for you. And we'll have a call and it'll either be with me directly or with someone in my team to talk through what are your pain points in your practice? Where do you think you need a medical virtual assistant? And, and we'll talk that through and see if we can, if we can be of assistance. Excellent. And and again, I'll say the website again, and we'll post it in the show notes. So it's uh, Reva Global Medical. That's Reva. And it's not R-E-B-A. It's R-E-V-A, V as in Victor. So RevaGlobalMedical.com. Um, we'll put in the show notes there so you can click on that. Last question, Beth, I'm so excited for the success that you're having. And in some ways, how you, like so many businesses, have been on the, the silver lining side of a global pandemic. And I know that that you, uh, like all of us, um, haven't gotten there by yourself. Uh, been, I'm sure others uh, over the decades that have poured into you or given you that lift. And so I'm curious um, who comes to mind that you might like to shout out as being just really instrumental in where you are today. Oh, gosh, there's so many people. But first and foremost, here with where we are today with Reva Global Medical, my team, our internal team here is top notch. I have worked in the corporate world here in the med- in, in the medical side and, and pharmaceutical side in that industry on the corporate at the corporate level and for such a long time. I've met some really amazing, truly gifted, amazing people. And I have to say the people that are in my team, my full Philippine team, um, George in particular, and then Gracie and some of our, our, our key our key components to what we do on a daily basis here could not have possibly done it without them. And also they are, they knock my socks off with just how incredibly brilliant and amazing they are. Um, You know, and again, I've worked for huge, huge, amazing companies, publicly traded companies, small companies, mom and pop companies. I've gone, I've done it. And I've been surrounded by some amazing people. 
I cannot get over how talented, how, how crucial and how incredible the people that work here at Reva Global Medical, the team is top notch. So I would have to say I would not be here without them. All right. Well, we'll raise a virtual glass to your team then. Beth Lachance, thanks so much for being on the Prosperous Doc podcast uh, today to tell us all about uh, MVPs and uh, how they're helping practices around the country thrive. Thank you so much. And yes, MVPs, that's going to be our acronym from now on. There you go. And uh, to our listener, thank you for giving us uh, part of your day. Uh, Hopefully this has been a conversation that's been uplifting and uh, contributed to your own uh, prosperity. As always, welcome your reviews, feedback on uh, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have ideas for guests who you'd love to hear interviewed here, you can email me directly. It's shane at whitecoatwell.com. We'll see you back here next time. This episode of the Prosperous Doc Podcast is over, but you're not alone on your journey. Spa Dameron Tenney has been helping physicians and dentists prosper through financial planning for over 60 years. To connect with us, visit sdtplanning.com today and take your financial wellness to new levels. Join us on the next episode of the Prosperous Doc Podcast.